All right, everybody, we're checking in here with Top Bends of Twins. And you know what? Fuck it. I'm not even going to introduce ourselves. I'm so excited about this game coming up this week that we're just going to rip right into it. My name's Luke. And this what? Is Paul. <laughs> we don't have time for this. What are you talking about? All right, Paul, lead the way. Push us I'm forward. I'm not Paul. I'm just the... Okay, podcast host. Go ahead. I'm just pure energy ready for Mexico this week. I, I love the start here. You want to kind of um, outline where we're going to go with this pod, Paul? Yeah, I think we're kind of going to just um, detail how the U.S. is about to smash Mexico and uh, probably back into 20, probably 2002. That's probably, I'm, we're, I think we're going to beat them pretty bad, Luke. Gotcha. Okay, well, I mean, yes, but as we have outlined in our previous discussions about this podcast, I'm going to be offering a little more perspective on <laughs> Mexico's side, what of they're going to the be trying to do, um, you know, a little more pragmatic you know, is that a, you know, <laughs> I think that might be a hint at what we might discuss later in the podcast, I'm just, I'm just maybe, kidding. perhaps. I'm kidding. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to be kind of explaining what Mexico's doing, um, who their new head coach is, what he's trying to accomplish, and we'll kind of go from there. But I'm sure Paul has more than enough information to cover the U.S. side of things as well. Yeah, I'm, um, I probably have too much information. But um, realistically, um, I think this game... <laughs> I'm very excited for it, as everybody can probably tell. But we, uh, I honestly have no clue how this game's going to go. We have two new head coaches. We have a lot of players out of form. We have new faces and from a player perspective, from Balagoon to other players that have come onto the scene. It's uh, To me, it's kind of a roll of the dice of a game. And the 2002 prediction, slightly joking, Santi, I apologize. But <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm just ecstatic to watch our little baby Eagles play. Me too. I am very excited to see all of our talent on the same pitch. And the sad thing about it is it's really not going to happen very often in the future, right? I mean, we have um, Copa America coming up. Um, That's going to be next summer. But between now and then, we'll have friendlies periodically. But mm -hmm. this summer is not going to be jam-packed, especially for our European guys. They're going to be hopefully taking the summer enjoying their time away they need i mean yeah the schedule that uefa has these professional football pl- football players playing is ridiculous mm-hmm. we can Just agree the, on that the i was listening to stadio earlier today and ryan and musa are boys ryan and musa were um there was a study that uefa did that ryan was talking about saying that jude bellingham has at his age the same age as rain wayne rooney Jude has played 30% more minutes already. And yeah, think like about how much that wears on your body. But I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here. Sorry, let's bring it here, back. Wait, no, 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 real quick. There's actually a really cool stat, too, that um, Gio Reyna last – not Gio Reyna, that um, Jude Bellingham in the last 18 months played the same amount of football, I think, that Steven Gerrard played from age 19 to 24. Yeah, it's it's, like it's It's crazy. Those numbers are absolutely unbelievable. They if really you're, are. Whenever an individual is at a top tier club, they are playing every three or four days. And at that level with the pace and the physical demands that takes on a body, I just, UEFA is coming for a reckoning. I do not think these players are going to be able to hold up long term. There's going to be serious, serious injury concerns going forward. Let me tell you, I'm 25 and me and Luke go play soccer every once in a while. Just the two of us, like just go mess around a little bit. And my body can't take once a week. And would, trust me, I'm not doing the stuff that they're doing. It would also be nice if, A, you trained at a level that a professional doesn't be if you had that top-notch physical 
like physios looking at you, right? And with that, I'm sure that yeah. you know you could you could be able to, you could probably be close to doing it if I could probably. I, I'd yeah. say I'd say so. I appreciate the. Um, I believe in you, Paul. There, like, I, I, I know you can do this. Thank you. I, I believe. I really appreciate that. But all right, let's um, wrap, and then we'll kind of dive into the next segment where we'll talk about Mexico, talk about the U.S., what we maybe little predictions, lineups, a little little bit of that action, right, Luke? Yep. Come on back, and you'll get some of that action. See ya. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Top Guns with Twins. This is Luke here, and Paul's right next to me. We're um, not I sitting think that close. <laughs> we're close not, enough we're not, for we're not close enough for close. that to work. But it's not sus. Let's Calm down, everybody. dive into what we really want to talk about here. And we all know you're dying to hear about Mexico. Yeah, that honestly, probably so because there's a lot of question marks out there, Luke. There are. So. As let's kind of just wrap and give a general, broad overview of what's going on with Mexico since the World Cup. So Mexico, Mexico has appointed Mexico, Di- Mexico <laughs> has appointed Diego Coca um, as their manager starting last February. He is often described as a very defensive-minded head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he has coached at Goide Cruz Santos. L- L- Laguna, Tijuana, Atlas, and Tigress. So, like, are um, those um, what team? What all of those are those the majority of those are Liga MX. Okay, so um, that's where in Mexico, okay. and he is also Argentinian nationality. So it's a little different. Usually, Mexico you kind of decides to go with you know a natural born Mexican citizen um, to be their manager, but they're kind of trying something a little bit outside the box here. I think trying to get you know a little bit um, of a spark, kind of maybe not even putting as much pressure on that manager, because think about it from a Mexican citizen perspective, that is so much pressure leading your team's national mm-hmm. outfit. I mean, that's that's a lot, right? Um, so Mexico is trying to reinvent themselves right now. They're kind of filtering out the old guard and bringing in the new. Um, in this last match, they played against Cameroon, which they drew two to two this past Saturday. Um, Mexico played nine of their 11 players are from Liga MX, right? No, and the majority of them are rather young, usually on average under 25, with a couple older players. Um, but we really kind of do see that, you know, it's a changing of the guard for Mexico here. So, yep, it is. With that being said, as I mentioned earlier, Coca is a more kind of defensive minded manager, that's where he really kind of that's that's his bread and butter. Um, he generally prefers to play with a three back. Um, in this match against Cameroon on Saturday, they played a three four three, and it's the way that most people usually describe his tactical perspective on matches is he's very pragmatic. Um, you know, he prefers to have a very tight, highly coordinated core. Um, and then he loves for his wing backs to be very pacey, you know, to get up and down the pitch, spread spread the other team, um, and kind of put pressure with those wing backs and play those balls into the box. Which works well for this Mexican team, I'd say, Luke. Yeah, it does. If they, they have, have a really good young right back in, what is it, Arejo? Uh, Sanchez is the one who's playing. Arejo. Um, he's the one he, that was at um, Barca, right? Yes, he's he's. I mean, he's still there. He just didn't play for them this year. 
but yeah. he'll, he'll probably work his way into their system at some point, I think, because he does have that attacking. Um, he's really good going forward. And that's, you know, that's why one reason you highlight that is Rejo is going to be great for the system. You know, defensively, he's not quite the best. But whenever he attacks, he's he's very, very, very good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of what we can expect from Mexico. Kind of look out for either a 5-4-1, which they played against El Salvador, I believe is who they played before that, mm-hmm. or probably a 3-4-3. Um, it'll be very defensive, probably a very cagey match is what Mexico is going to prefer. So hopefully we're putting our baby Eagles in a position to where that talent shines through, um, and they can get into those spaces to attack. So that's kind of what we can expect from Mexico. Um, Paul, do you want to kind of take over the U S and we can really dive into that one? Yeah. Um, I think the thing that needs to be first aid about the U S is the complete lack of Actually, the complete transparency of disorganization that's apparent through USSFF, it's something that scares me a lot as somebody that loves this U.S. team and wants to have the filled the best 11 with the best coach going into 2026. We are currently on our second interim manager since Greg Berhalter has departed or has just drifted off into the shadow realm and just hanging out there until we figure out what happens with him. And it's it's scary. I, w- I think we they're going through the job search process right now. But this these every game matters leading up to twenty twenty six, and we're simply like, just wasting time right now. It does feel that way a little bit. Um, the talent in this squad is readily apparent. It is. Whenever you're doing an analysis of Mexico versus the U.S you would be hard-pressed to be able to argue that Mexico is more talented than the U.S. I mean, look, you could, you could easily argue that if you took the U.S.'s starting 11 out of the picture, that people off our bench would start for Mexico. Yeah, I like don't disagree. Brendan Aronson yeah. probably for sure would. Um, you look at Joe Scali, if he doesn't start over Serginio Dest, he'd probably start for them. I would wager that any of our keepers, too. Any of them would probably start. Whenever Mexico played against Cameroon, yeah. their goalkeeper Mal- Malagon is his name. He someone took a shot right, and it was, it was almost just like a cross. And he went to go grab it, and the ball squirted between his legs. <laughs> and then Cameroon attackers just tapped it in. So it was that's something to watch in the matchup um, is to see if the U.S. are intentionally getting shots off in the box, taking some long shots to test him because he did not look very steady in the last match. Yeah, that's um, that's a good little throwout right there for us to be aware of. But there's also the other side of this, that we have an extremely young, talented team that's kind of starting to approach the ages where they're getting closer to their primes, and that's super exciting. I mean, we, have, we had the massive commitment of Florian Balagoon, so that's something else to just be just ecstatic about to add. It's somebody that averaged 20 goals in a top-five league into this team that the constant discourse leading up to the World Cup was, we don't have a nine. What are we going to do? We can't score goals. Well, folks, we have a nine now, and he is a prolific scorer. My so, question to you, though, is do you think he's going to start on Thursday? So, will I? do I want him to start? Yes. Do I think he will? Most likely, no. And why do you think that? What is your thought process there? 
I I think with BJ Callahan, who is our interim interim coach that we have currently right now, I think he's going to play it pretty safe. And I think you're you're not going to. I think you'll see Pepe start. Maybe he'll, my guess is he'll probably give Pepe sixty minutes. Throw him out there. He has experience against Mexico. He's played them. He's played pretty well against Mexico before, so it's not a far stretch to start him. And then you bring Balagoon in for the last 30 minutes and let him just run into tired Mexico defense, which honestly is not a terrible plan. I don't hate it. But there's also the other part of me that's like, oh, just want to see him ball out and build. And honestly, another big thing about this, too, is like he's played with some of these players in the U.S. youth national teams, but I don't, he, had, he doesn't have big minutes with, with everybody as a cohesive group, which is what we're going to need. Like, a, like the, whole, the whole point of this to me is 2026, 2026. So maybe we just take the mindset. Hopefully maybe BJ takes the mindset that let's throw him out there and let's just see what happens. But also I think there's a good chance he doesn't start too. As you're talking about that, I think I initially was at the mindset that Ballo should start. But the more I think about it, I don't see any reason to just drop him out in the deep end and say, good luck, hope it goes well. I think it would be, it's smart because, I mean, as far as we know, this is the first time he's even trained with the U.S., right? Getting to know the players, kind of understanding Um, the chemistry. So he actually does have, like, he's played for the youth national teams, like for the U.S. Like, he actually has a good relationship with Taylor Booth. I think, um... For the U-16 teams, when they were that age level, Taylor Booth was the captain of the team, and Balagoon played on that team with him. So okay, they have right. an existing relationship, which is, which and is other good, players right? do too. Like Moose and him have a really good but relationship. My thing is, like, a lot of these other players <clears throat> of his age bracket that are not his age bracket do not have yeah, in-game that's, that's correct. training experience with them. So I think there's a lot of learning that needs to be done there. I think it could be detrimental if he's just dropped in, start, see what happens. I don't want him to come off to a bad start, right? Even Say he yeah, goes out no, and plays 60, 60 minutes on, right? At that point, he comes on, subs in, and it doesn't go well. That's 30 minutes. It's fine. He builds that chemistry, but it's not the extended 60-minute run of maybe it's not clicking and everything feels real. I, I want him to have a good experience when he first comes on is what I'm looking yeah, at here. No, I totally checks out. I, I see nothing wrong with your point there. I it could go either way. Honestly, like I if it were me picking, I would start him and I would throw him out there and there's also a slight a slight difference here too that like if it was say say Greg Berhalter stayed after the World Cup and we were in the same system, same exact stuff and it was literally just plug and play, throw him in, all the players know exactly where they're going to be, which I'm assuming we're going to play a system a lot like we played in the World Cup and the carryover after. But we we don't know. Like we just there's just so many things we don't know, so it, it, I think it's really murky to me, but if it were me picking, if I were the coach, I would start him. Makes sense. I see I see your argument for it, but I still think that the best thing for him is to come on, have a kind of brief appearance, build that chemistry in a short amount of time, and then go from there. Um, in the next match, I think I would prefer for him to start. You know, the second one of this kind of little mini camp here, I would, I would prefer for him to start that one, regardless if we're playing in the final against Canada or – you know, third place game, whatever it may be. I would definitely prefer him to start one of the two. Would prefer for him to start the last. Yeah. Of the two. So understood. Understood, my dude. Um, do we wanna just run through like lineups and stuff like that, or do you want to do that in another segment? Um, I mean we might as well just do that now. Let's yeah, go let's ahead just, and let's just knock keep it, it out. Ripping. 
Um, do you want to go first with kind of what you're thinking? Yes, I would love to, Lucas. So I think we're going to – how about we just do it this way? I'm going to say a player, and then you say agree or disagree, and say who you'd um, – if you disagree, just go with who you'd start over them. Does that work for you? Yeah, that works That way me. we're just not going – me, you, we'll hop back and forth. All right, so starting goalkeeper, easy. Matty T. Agreed. Check. The dude that deserves to be starting for Arsenal. And then at left back, Jedi. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would second that one. For Agreed. Sure. And then my back two are going to be Miles Robinson and Chris Richards. Any problems? Yep. Nope, no problems there. I'm fine with that. All right, and then my starting right back is going to be Joe Scally. Ooh, that one I disagree with. I think Sergio Dest will be starting. Let's um, we'll, let's 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 open up a discourse, Luke. What do you From have to say? From my perspective, I think the best thing for the U.S. as a whole, right, our entire squad, the starting eleven, Sergio Dest offers a attacking option that a lot of teams don't have in a right back. Yes, you do do give up a lot defensively whenever he's on the pitch. But the way he knits the play together, the way he pushes forward, you know, and offers that attacking threat that Scali doesn't necessarily have as nearly as well as Des does. I think that's something unique that we need to build. And at this point in time, I think the one thing Sergio Des needs is a good experience playing in I agree. a, you know, we're agreed on in that. an international level match that is, you know, top, you know, two top twenty. UEFA recognized teams. That performance there, if he goes in there, plays well, he doesn't have to do extremely well, just puts in a good performance. This is something he can build off of and for the long term will serve him well. You know, yeah. the, there are rumors he's going to um, Union Berlin. Yeah, uh, that would be an amazing transfer for him. He'd be playing Champions League football next year um, and hopefully be on the pitch, you know, almost every match. Yeah. So. I want to see him, see this camp be a platform for him to kind of continue building and getting better into this next season. That's really important for him. Yeah, um, um, I all your points I really don't disagree with. Besides the fact that to me in this game, I I think that Dest is technically better on the ball, but I think Joe Scally is kind of at the point now where he. Probably is better defensively. I think he's a better decision maker overall than Sergio Des. And yes, Sergio Des has flair. He has all this stuff. And I'm not discounting him, but I just think in this game, with the way we're going to want to play against Mexico, where we're probably, and the, with their defensive setup, like you talked about earlier, I I just see Joe Scally honestly just kind of being a better option to build out of the back with with us than Dust. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that too. Um, I. I guess I'm looking at it from a very long-term perspective, and I think Dest is going to be the better option long-term. I could be proven wrong. Honestly, I I don't. I'm on the fence now. I really am. He's got to. He's got to. He has to get his club situation nailed down, and he has to play consistent minutes for like years in a row because he just hasn't had that. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying there. And like, I love the way he plays. I really do. I'm there with you. Like, he's like one of our most exciting players to really watch. Just ball out. Okay, so let's just. Put yeah. that one down as <laughs> Scally for you, Des for me, and we'll yeah. move on. Move on there. There from there. All right. So in my midfield three, I have Weston McKinney, Gio Reyna, and Luca, Luca De, La De La Torre. Torre. How did yes, I know? Yes, sir. 
Wow. I'm shocked. One of my favorite baby eagles right there. I am on the floor gasping for breath because I'm so surprised. Wow, that's dramatic. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why. Actually, I'm going to tell the listeners why because you already know what I think. Luca De La Torre is one of our best ball distributors. He's one of our best ball players. He is the engine that should make this team go because, yes, he's had moments where he struggled for the U.S., but after playing a full year in Spain where he has, I would say, leveled up easily – I think he's ready for the moment. What do you think, Luke? Do you Okay, so I would say that you deciding that Luca De La Torre should be playing over Musa is more a reflection of Musa's failure to perform since the World Cup as opposed to Luca De La Torre getting better cuz he Luca De La Torre has always been good. Well, Luke, I feel so, like it's always been an argument of Moose is just this much better, and he has this much more potential is what it seems like. Um, and now that potential is not quite as easy to see. It's still there, but he's had a tough season. Yes, so do you um, think that's why you're going with Luca De La Torre now? Or? So the, the question for Luca De La Torre was always, can he deal with physicality? Can he deal with playing in a top-five league? And he's shown that he can. And Musa, like you said, after the World Cup, he's had a drop in level, especially in his last game. It was not great when he subbed on and got a red right away. But, I mean, to me, it's it's not like a – it's more of like a fit for this game kind of situation too because, I mean, what Musa does, he does extremely well. Like him driving through the midfield. One little aspect of Musa, though, is I think he needs the ball at his feet to really – make an impact on a game. And that's something that he has to develop where he is has to be better in, the, in space without the ball. And Luca De La Torre, he's really good at finding space. He's really good at linking up with people, moving the ball on quickly. And Musa's more so like just trying to move with the ball at his feet and try to beat defenses, not by himself, but like he, he wants to pull two people to him instead of just moving the ball on, which is fine. But for this game, I want to see Luca De La Torre linking up with some of the attackers that I'm going to mention here in a little bit. Mm. I like how you're leaving little crumbles. You know, I am. Dense puppets, dense. Foreshadowing the future. But I I hear what you're saying there. I think that I wouldn't be upset if Luca De La Torre is playing. I just don't really see it as that realistic that Moose is just not going to start, especially with Tyler Adams out. Right? This is one well, thing that we're, we failed to meet mention yeah no Tyler. yeah that, you that's know a that big one. it's that's very a, important huge. to mention that tyler adams is out so that frees up a midfield spot right there um and i think i agree i think we're gonna see a double pivot with mckinney and i think musa maybe de la torre who knows but i am so excited and really hoping that we see geo as that kind of oh yeah you know head of the triangle between the midfield there um, yes, that's please. A, that's a position that I think he thrives in his ability to create. Maybe we'll get another loping, beautiful, graceful run like he did against oh Mexico. Um, if that, you would, if you would have found uh, a way to end up with a goal out of that run, I think I would have, um, I would have been done. What, what is that that I hear? Is that messy, messy? <laughs> oh, LOL. Um, Sorry, I couldn't help that one. But yeah, I agree, though, Luke. I think that's good. Okay, do you want to move on to the attackers? Yeah, um, real quick, though. Um, whatever Luke said about Gio Reyna in the middle, I also second the opinion. I think 
if we can set up in a good shape and he can be fed the ball with lanes to play people to, he's going to absolutely cook Mexico from that spot. He will, but it's going to be really compact in there in that but he's midfield the person, area. Dude, he's the person we want in there. We either want Geo coming through the middle or Pulisic dropping in from the wing and attacking from the middle. I mean, if you look at a lot of the U.S.'s goals over the last, what, two, three years, it's kind of when Pulisic gets in those middle areas and a defender steps to him and he just uses his pace and goes around and then slides the ball forward. I mean, look at the World Cup. I mean, that's a lot of our big moments in the World Cup. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm just foreshadowing Geo playing in that kind of midfield half space attacking position. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm just, I can see it clear as day. One of the, you know, back three diving into him from behind and just, oh, uh, it's just going to be sick. Wait. I can't, I don't want to see that. But that's how Mexico play. They play very aggressive with their center backs. And if we're going to have a chance to kind of draw them out, it's going to be someone, whoever is playing in that geo role, probably geo, you know, sucking them in, playing it back, and then someone sliding through in that gap the defender leaves. So I mm-hmm. I just, you know, I want everyone Let's, to come through this camp healthy, be good, and kind of build into their um, into their club seasons. Yeah, I mean, it's a heated rivalry game, but I, um, I don't think there's going to be an instance where we're going to see somebody outright trying to hurt somebody and yes i mean playing aggressively it happens but let's let's just hope we don't see that situation because nobody wants that okay i completely agree completely agree but uh <laughs> something else a little off you're, topic you're scaring me um I'm, I'm not trying to but so did you see the video that the u.s released of behind the crust no i haven't watched there, it yet there. don't, don't spoil it. i don't okay you can no say, we, you can we say i've got to say a part of it just because this is what i wanted to highlight there's a scene where balagoon obviously has not played golf before I think a good good amount of the team went out to you know hit the links. So Weston McKinney yeah. was his partner, and he was trying to teach him how to swing. And it is it it's high quality content, dude. Weston, you need to check hilarious. that out. He's honestly all the Leeds fans that shed it on Weston so much, like, dude, just 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 lay off it, man. He he gave he gave all he could to that team. Get over it. Yeah, it was an unfortunate outcome, but there right, were. Let's, let's not go but on a Leeds. All I'm saying. All I'm saying. All I'm saying is blame anyone you want with the ownership group, you know, executive level. Don't blame it, blame an indiv- individual player for an entire team. Especially really a player that came in halfway through in the, <laughs> the winter transfer window. And that honestly maybe wasn't perfect for them, but wasn't bad either in a midfield that was – that really struggled without Tyler Adams. So whatever, we're moving on. Yeah, let's go to let's attackers. go to attackers. You go first. You just throw All it out right. there, and we'll agree. Just so three. my three attackers are Pulisic, Florian, and Taylor Booth. Yeah, Taylor Booth, interesting. Yep. So interesting. that the reason I'll give you the reason why he from unanimously across the board, it seems to be that he is the best ball striker and player that we have in camp. And everybody, everybody raves about him, and he's he's really creative on that right wing. And him linking up, I think, with this is why I wanted to start Joe Scally on the right because I think the two of them playing together, we saw it in um, what game was that? There was I think a friendly where they both played together, and they were absolutely cooking on the right right hand side, uh, right hand side together. I would love to see that happen again. And also, like, if we're starting Florian. Like he's, we want him to have the ball, right? Yeah, agreed. And Taylor Booth has the link up play. He has the ability to 
just hammering crosses to him and Pulisic too, because we know Pulisic's great at making those like last ditch runs to the back post, to the far post, to the near post. Like he'll he'll he's gonna make those runs. So I think that somebody with him and Geo, like them are playing too through the middle. I it's 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 enticing to me, Luke. I that's what I'd go with. I would argue that let's under this scenario that Taylor Booth starts. I think that Dest would be a better fit with him. Think, I, think, I don't think just so. just listen. Okay, this is why I think that. I think that Taylor Booth he doesn't necessarily have the you know lightning quick pace that Timothy Wea does, right? So I think yes. he'd be tucking in a little bit more into those half spaces, um, and I think that gives Dest more space on the right to overlap. And that's where he thrives. But with Weya, Weya has such a kind of direct game where he's either going at you or running in behind you. And I think and that doesn't well, allow I'm, Dest to push up the way that he really prefers to. Well, the thing is about Weya is I'm saying this really quietly, but I don't even think he's that great at going at defenders. I don't like, think he if, needs if to be. I think it, his like, pace is... Yeah, no, no. He, so he it's is, elite, right? I think his pacey. pace is incredible. He is pacey, but this is a guy that honestly, like... And I'm not trying to shit on him. Like, he just doesn't score many goals. Like, yeah, he scored for us at the World Cup. But, like, if you look at his club stats, if you look at his stats for the USMNT, like, he really just doesn't score that many goals. That's because of the way he plays for his club side. You you know this. But, no, I understand for, I understand completely. Like, I, I get that. But I'm just saying, like, even when he was playing as a right wing for them, like, you just don't get, like, he does, he does good, he does really good things. And, like, like, he was one of probably our better players of the World Cup. But I'm just, for this matchup, I just think Taylor Booth would be better. It would be interesting to watch. I completely agree with that. I and would kind of like to see it. Yeah, and especially against that, the way you're talking and the way I understand Mexico is going to line up. I think Taylor Booth is probably a better fit for how we want to play against that. I would love to see it, frankly. I think it's going to be, for me personally, the attackers are going to be Pulisic, of course, on the left. And then I think Pepe up top. And then also having way on the right. That's more how I predict we're going to line up, you know, just because I don't it's think safer. the new interim manager is going to come in and change all the pieces and do all this stuff. But it would be very entertaining to watch that. I agree. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it, that's just, and by the way, the lineup I said was the lineup I want to see. I know that's probably not the lineup we're going to see. Like, kind of what Luke said, um, with Dest on the right, with not Luca Deliatore, probably Musa, and then Pepe up top with Way on the right. That's Don't probably going to be what we're going to oh, Come on. You can, you can hide your excitement a little bit better than you are. I'm, right I'm not a good actor, Luke. I'm really not. I'm clearly. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, either way, whichever lineup we get, it's going to be a fun game to watch. We get to watch our baby Eagles play and probably the most meaningful game since the World Cup. So, I mean, anybody that gets a chance out there watching, I know it's a little late for us East Coasters, but it's a semifinal against Mexico. Dude, this is what we this is what we watch soccer for. We we love this. I'm I'm pumped. I'm really excited. And here's the thing, this is not going to be happening very often. No, you're exactly next, right. Can you explain why Luke? 2 3 4 years. Because we don't have World Cup qualifying since all us, since the U.S., Mexico, and Canada will be hosting the World Cup in 2026, we don't have qualifying. So those guaranteed two matches we would have had against Mexico, out the window, they're gone. We will not be playing them for those. 
So it's Nations League, it's Gold Cup, and I don't I don't know if we're going to schedule any friendlies. I I doubt that that would probably happen. So there are this is one of the select few times we're going to play them. Yeah, with for Mexico, absolutely. There are two friendlies scheduled in the fall that are actually really enticing. So there's Germany and Ghana, and those like the Germany game is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited for that one. And Ghana is also a really good team too. So those are good friendlies. I think we have Copa Copa America 2024. That'll be a great litmus test for where we're at as a program a year on, two years away from the World Cup. That'll be a good I one. I wonder when we look back from you know the time whenever we're cycling into that kind of you know uh, Copa America time frame. I wonder what we'll look back and say about this point in time. Yeah, probably that um, we had no idea what was coming. <laughs> and that there's going to be a ton of chaos because if anything has proven over time, the USMNT is a chaotic bundle of energy that we never know what's going to come out of it. Let's hope we look back and say, wow, we had no idea what was coming instead of saying we had no idea what was coming. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, totally, I totally agree, but it'll be fine. They're, we're going to get to watch our baby eagles play and... It'll be enjoyable, man. I agree. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what kind of comes out of the match. And either way, as we were saying earlier, it's going to be a lot of fun to see all of our players together on the same field. It, it, it doesn't happen often. So we really need to make sure we enjoy it. And hopefully they're learning and growing while they're on the pitch together because mm-hmm. everything is building to that 2026 World Cup. Yes, sir. That's on our own soil where our players are in a position to, you know, where they can hopefully succeed and make a deep run into that tournament. Yep. I kind of said it better. Um, one last little thing, Luke, let's see if Christian Pulisic can officially crown himself as Mexico's poppy, because if he scores one or two in this game, then I think it's about time to give him the sombrero crown. What do you think? Um, maybe, <laughs> What do you I, I mean, dude? He I showed up. In, why? Why do you? What do you? No, my my hesitation is not necessarily for him being the best U.S. player against Mexico. It's just verbiage, I guess. What is kind of what my question is there? But okay, so overarching, I do think that we're not cutting that out. If he puts in a good, per- oh god, if he puts in a good performance, it's up for debate. Right. What, what's up for debate, dude? He has some of the most iconic moments against Mexico in the U.S.'s history. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just feels like U.S.-Mexico has been so U.S.-heavy as of late. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Not no, no, no. I, I understand. I, yeah, yeah, I'm there with you. The same. So I would expect Mexico to come out under this new manager and be very feisty, very aggressive. I think a match like this where there is something to play for, which is going to be rare in the future, I think we could see some really contentious kind of just cagey, very aggressive behavior for Mexico and the U.S. will return in kind. Yeah, maybe we see a red card. I mean, honestly, in these games, it's always just a minute away. And it really depends on how the refs call the game, too, because with CONCACAF, we never fucking know what's going to happen. Do we, we do never they, know. Do we know? Do they have VAR in Nations League? Yes, they should because there was in the original game we went to there was VAR because remember they went to the screen like probably like twenty times. Yeah, let me just check. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and save you time. I get there's no way they would take it away two years later on. 
Okay, yeah, they do have it. Yeah, so we'll we'll have a full VAR system. It's the game's um, ten o'clock Eastern, so prepare to stay up late, people. And can I interrupt for a second? Yeah, go for it. Something that I'm really interested to watch is Matt Turner. We've Matty always we we've, <laughs> we've always talked about you know his shot stopping is incredible. I want to see if he's growing as a player while being an Arsenal on the bench. You have to think that all the time spent in training at that elite level, working with those players, he's learning a lot, regardless of if he's being on the pitch for a full 90. So I think Dude, I've, some... I, go can, ahead. Can go I interject ahead. real quick? Yep, yep. I easily think he has. Like You can see it in the times that he's played for the U.S., the times that he's... The rare times he's played for Arsenal. Like it, it, His ball distribution looks a lot better. He was a little shaky in some of those Europa League matches. Watch, I remember watching them play, um, I think it was the first leg against Sporting, and a couple other even before they got that far in the tournament. I It felt like in the beginning he was always a little nervous, a little I, tense. I think he was, yeah. But he kind of grew into the games, and you could see that growth. So I want to see that translate into you know, him being more effective with his ball distribution for the U.S. So something to watch there. Mm-hmm. Um, if he continues to develop that skill and that ability to play out from the back, it's going to help us immensely, um, especially with a center back pairing that are much better with their ball distribution as well. Yep, I would I would agree, dude. Um, do you want to? You have any any closing closing sentiments, Luke? Um, I think that whenever I look at this matchup for the U.S. against Mexico. I'm very intrigued to see, you know, how Mexico's going to line up in a really big matchup like this against the U.S., but even more so than that, I want to see the U.S. talent pool shine through, right? Yep. This is, we're to the point now where all of our players have, you know, the majority of them have played together on the biggest stage at the World Cup. I want to see them build off that and put in a really solid performance against Mexico, I, w- I want to see us in the final, you know, on yeah, Sunday. Playing, on hopefully, playing Please against Canada. Bring on Canada. Oh, that would be great. Right. And it's time for them to kind of kick it into that gear, even without a manager. I know that there's a lot of variables that are out of their control that just are going against them right now. I still want to see this group come together and put in a really kind of um, emphatic performance. Yeah. I'm, I'm there with you, dude. It's, I think. Um, this is another stepping stone towards our goal of 2026 being our best World Cup ever. So let's let the baby eagles go out there, spread their wings, fly around, and just get a taste of what it's like to play together and build towards this. It Honestly, it feels like a... I don't know why, but it always feels like a gift to just watch this U.S. team because I, I feel like all these guys have such really interesting personalities. They're all seem to be and they all seem to really like each other which is really cool to root for a team where they all get along very well i don't know there's just something about this team man they're just just special and every time they get together i always just get get this warm tingly feeling where i'm like you know what let's do it let's go Um, they they fire me up paul that's called an erection (laughs) (laughs) what What? in case you didn't know (laughs) oh my god <laughs> zero to 100 right you, I mean, you thought what here. i said was bad you're over here just really enjoying talking about the u.s 
Oh my God, Luke. <laughs> okay, yeah, but kind of you know, just to let you all know, reeling that one back in. Yes, I do you not don't need have to say an it. erection you don't right need now. To say it, please. I do please. not. To clarify, please. <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is, <laughs> what are you trying to say here? I'm gonna let's just forget that last part happened. I think my final point is. I want to see them go out there. Yeah, I want to build off what you said. You're talking about how you want to see the baby eagles flying around. I want to see them go and play, you know, with the respect for the other side. But I want to see them go out there and really just enjoy playing together, have fun, and put in a performance that is worthy of their talent. Right? Mm-hmm. Um I feel like sometimes they get bogged down in CONCACAF and all this. Go out there, play to your ability, and you don't have to worry about the result because they should go out there and get a win if they perform. You know, it. what it really comes down to is the intensity they come out with and the dedication to the game plan. If we come out basically like the second half of the World Cup qualifying game in Cincinnati, this Mexico team does not stand a chance against the talent we can put on the field against them. And I, I, I have no problem saying that because if, if it's a cohesive unit of all these players we've talked about in this podcast, then I, I don't think Mexico has the talent to be on the field with us. And that's, that's notwithstanding the dark arts, notwithstanding the CONCACAF stuff. If, if we're out there just in a free flow playing the way we want to, I'm, sign me up to watch it, man. I, I can't fucking wait. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited too. It's gonna be a really kind of it's gonna be very enjoyable. I am very excited to be able to sit down and watch them play for a full ninety minutes against, you know, one of their most heated rivals. So I hope Bring everyone come on. Everyone enjoy this, you know, get as much out of it as you can. And we'll probably wait till um after the final happens on Sunday, but we'll probably do a little review of what we think of the performances. Um, how we lined up, and maybe even kind of dabble on what we think of Mexico and where they might go in the future. Yeah. Um, I think I am – I've expended all my energy, Luke, and I don't have any more words to say about the U.S. right now. I am right there with you. I think this has been a really good podcast. Hopefully mm-hmm. everyone gets a lot out of it. And, you know, let's go support those baby eagles whenever they gear up against Mexico. Yeah. And if anybody out there has any questions about what this game means, why it's happening, like just for general soccer knowledge reasons, reach out to us on Twitter or on Instagram. Or if you have our numbers, just shoot us a text. We're we're always happy to have a discussion about soccer. Obviously, we started a podcast about it. So just reach out to us. We're we're always out there. Yeah, we are. Feel free to reach out, guys. Um But I think that's going to be it from us. I hope you guys, whoever is listening, you know, have a great rest of your day. Mm -hmm. And thanks for listening. Fly, baby. Eagles fly.